Welcome everybody. If you're just tuning in, you've been prayed for and I thank you for everybody here today that you chose to worship with us because we are here to lift up the name of Jesus. Is that right? That's what I'm talking about. So today I believe this message will fit everybody. How about that? I haven't seen a message from the Lord that wouldn't fit everybody, but today we're going to hone it in. This is what the Lord's been showing me this week, and I want to share this with you. So I'm going to jump in and talk about life a little bit. And I said, you know, a lot of times our life starts out with some big plans, big dreams. You know what I mean? Man, we're just in the driver's seat going along, and then reality hits. Because life has some speed bumps sometimes, doesn't it? Life has some setbacks sometimes. Has some, some, some tough phone calls sometimes. But, but in those moments that we get uncomfortable we seem to lose that dream. We seem to have that dream fade on it. So I want to talk to you today about faded dreams and how God, when we focus back on God, that God will continue to bring us back into the vision that he has for us and the calling that he has on our life. And as I go through talking to folks and studying and looking in the mirror, because I always say, I'm preaching to me first, amen. Uh, I reveal, God reveals these things to me, and I say, man, Lord, you know, sometimes I just feel I get like on the wheel of life. Y'all ever get on that, that little hamster? I mean, you're just running and running and running, and that's crazy. And then right when you think you're keeping up with it, the world throws a stick in the spoke, and things start to change. But isn't it good to know in the midst of all the changes, God never changes? That's what I'm talking about right there. He never changes. And I think what happens a lot of times when we go through those tough times uh, and the detours in life, we, we just can't grasp the greatness of our day and the greatness of tomorrow with Christ. Amen. See, a lot of times we see crisis, but do we see Christ? And I pray today as we look through the word of God in those crises, we'll see Christ. Right? Not that he causes them. He works all things together for good. Hey, he's a giver of good gifts. Amen? But let me tell you, you are not alone when you're going through a tough time. Amen? So sometimes, you know what? Mom and dad might be over here. Brother might be over here. Sister might be over here. People at work might be over there. But God's never left. Amen? Amen. Somebody, somebody ever walked away from him? Let me just go ahead and raise my hand on my foot. Sometimes we can walk away, but he didn't leave. And I want you to see that. And I want to read a little bit to you today about how God can just... Just transform our dreams and transform our life. And I want us to go through there. I think a lot of times we just can't get it wrapped around our life and our, our minds how big our God is. I mean, this is the one that came to save the world. He's not short on grace and mercy, amen? He's about life. And I want you to hear that today. Because I tell you, as we walk through different things and different stages in our life, and I can tell you at my age of 53, I'm kind of in the middle, you know? And you say, what do you mean? I got kids that I got to look after. And I got mama that I got to look after. And then Denise got to look after all of us. Amen. <laughs> so it's good to have a praying family. Amen. But that's what I'm saying. So sometimes we just don't get the big picture of that. What God wants to do in you so that God can do things through you. And every time God does something in you, he wants to do something through you for the kingdom. Amen. We talked a little bit about that last week. It's for the bigger picture. And I think we live in a small, small, small picture sometimes. Just made me think of something. My boy Jesse, he like, how many people like picking on the dad when you're growing up? My boys love it, right? So I said, Jess, hey, I want to get a picture of this. I was on my grill, right? And I was barbecuing some stuff. And I said, let me, let me get a picture. And so Jesse's filming and all of a sudden I see him do this. He's got the camera and he goes like this. I said, what's he doing? I play it back. There's a picture of me like this and Jesse's going, boop. <laughs> and I thought about that. He's just playing, right? And I said, that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like life just goes bloop. Do y'all ever feel like that? You're going along and everything else. And sometimes it's friendly fire. I know you love me, son. But I know sometimes it's friendly fire, right? 
But you know, sometimes you got to laugh at yourself to move forward, isn't it? It is. Well, I want to read a little bit of our scripture today, and then we're going to kind of move from there. And this is Psalm 30, uh, verse 5. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be jumping around. i got some selected uh, verses. But it says this here. It says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And this is something that David wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. How many know that David might have seen a little bit of anger in his time? But how many know that David also experienced favor that lasts a lifetime? Because he was quick to turn from his sin and turn back to God. Lord, let us take that lesson right there. He was, he was all about rejoicing in the morning with the Lord. And so as we walk through here, realize that, you know what, sometimes there is weeping for a night, but the joy comes in the morning. I look at it like this. It's kind of like a doctor shot in the arm. That sting only lasts a moment, but that remedy can last a lifetime. Sometimes when we go through difficult times, right, that sting of sin, we're all familiar with that. But the, but the shot in the arm in our hearts of the grace of God can transform that for the lifetime. Amen? God is in the restoration business. So if you're here today and you said, man, this is speaking to me, let me tell you, it's speaking to me too. Because we all have dreams that have been choked out and kind of faded at times. Life continues on. And that's what life is. It's, it's constant moving on changing different things like that but again i'll say it god never changes so be encouraged with that and as we look into the word today i, I hope that we can address a few things about how god restores and the purpose that he's called us to and, and here's the question will we turn back to him in those times of those faded dreams when we're we're overdosed and just saying i don't know what's next and will we say lord i want to reclaim the vision that you placed in my heart and god wants to revive the vision that he's placed in your heart. Y'all ready for that? Let's jump in. Now, we've got a lot of good note-taking stuff in here. So we're going to go ahead and jump on in. So look at this. I want to talk about reclaiming the vision. In order to reclaim the vision, we need to seek the Lord. Somebody would say, we got to seek the Lord. we got to do it. We need to hear from our Heavenly Father. What is God saying to you? What has he revealed to you in your quiet time? Now, you guys, you know, a lot of times I always talk, tell you that the Lord seems to talk to me in the shower more than anywhere else because that's probably the only time my mouth's not moving. I'm afraid I'll drown. But I know that. How about, and where's that place that you go? I don't know if any of y'all saw this this week when I went by my mom's house. I often think about my dad. He's been gone uh, seven years, been home with the Lord this month. And sometimes it seems like a long time. Sometimes it seems like yesterday. But the other day when I was going in, I, there's a little bench that probably... Buddy needs to repaint and everything else. There's a little bench that sits under that crepe myrtle tree out there. And my dad spent hours on that thing. And it was so funny. I'd call my mom when my dad was here. I said, where's dad? He's talking to somebody else on that bench. He's talking to somebody. He didn't carry white, black, tall, tattooed. It, my dad had so many friends because he soon saw them through the eyes of Christ. But going back to that bench, right, that, that quiet place out there, I just sat down there and I thought about the lessons that my dad taught me on that bench. And I, and I went on through and I said, where is that bench for you? Maybe, maybe it's in the shower. Where's that safe place? Where's that bench for you? Maybe it's driving in your car. Maybe it's taking that walk. Maybe it's just sitting on your deck out back. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, I encourage you to find your bench, your safe place, your, your quiet place so that you can hear what God has for you. Because I know he's talking all the time, amen? And both of us can't talk at the same time. So I have to learn to listen a little bit better. How many good listeners do we got? Oh, y'all didn't hear me, did you? How many good listeners do we got? <laughs> y'all will get that in a minute. <laughs> but look, at, look what Solomon says 
one of the wisest men ever. God gave him wisdom beyond measure. And look what he says in Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. So look at this. God gave this man great wisdom. And he says, where there's no vision, the people perish. I said, we all need a map. How many people need a map? We need a map, not just any map. We need instructions from the Lord himself. I often say the perfect GPS is God's perfect system, the Bible. We need to have that open. We need to be rolling through that and, and, and pouring over that. And, and, you know, how many know if you follow the wrong map, you get to the wrong destination? If you follow the wrong plan, you don't get the right results. I think about this. Jesse's been, been doing a lot of things, and he's doing his personal trainer stuff. And I remember over the last couple of years, one of the things that I saw in his life was this, that he had a plan. He had a laid-out plan, a direct plan. If I want to get to here, this is proven. I got to do these things each day. And over and over and over, I see things start transforming in his life. And he wouldn't go to the left. He wouldn't go to the right. wouldn't go to the left, go to the right, and, and implement those things. He had a plan, and he executed a plan. Now, that's just in the natural. How much more in the supernatural? God's got the plan in his word. He's got the plan. And be encouraged to open that. Because I want to know where we're going. And as the pastor, I want to hold it up, the vision up high. So this is where we're going. We're going to, to reach people for Jesus. We're going to start right here, right? And make sure that you know them. And we're going to tell everybody else that will listen. And we'll still tell the people that won't listen. How about that? We'll give them an opportunity. Thank the Lord somebody told me. Many of y'all know, and I won't go through the whole story. I got saved from a Bible track on Halloween night outside the church. I wasn't knocking on the church door. I wasn't running, peeping in the windows. I was running from the Lord. And somebody, through grace, mercy, and some smarties, came out there. Right? They gave me some candy, right? And a couple of candy bars. Was, was able to slow me down enough and just said, if you died tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? When I read that little pamphlet, that little Bible track, and it said, if you die tonight, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? You know what my answer is? I'd go to hell. You say, well, why are you a nice guy? You're a pretty nice guy. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of nice guys and nice gals going to hell. It's not about our works. It's about what Jesus has done. It's all about what Jesus has done. So if y'all going to turn it off, just make sure you get this part right here, right? It's about what Jesus has done. He says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are going to lift him up. Say, I like to get the gospel to you early. Because you never know what happened in the course of a message. Amen. So I want to tell you what's going on right up front. This is about pointing to Jesus. This is about lifting you up, encouraging you, and showing you that, you know what? We're all in the same boat. But guess what? Jesus is the stiller of the storm. Amen. So I want you to hear that. So the vision is this. We want people to know Jesus. And we want to give them the plan. It's not what Buddy thinks maybe, and this is Buddy's spin on it. We're going to go to God's word. That's why I like lacing the message with God's word. So you got the, you've got what you need to, to come along and, and, and pull up on the truth of God's word. Because that's what's going to matter. That's the foundation. We've got to have the foundation. And that foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Over and over, let me tell you, we find that God is a good God. And sometimes we see that bad things happen when we go through life. Guess what? This world is full of sin. And so if you look at this world to try to see a perfect picture of God, you're missing it. If you want to see a perfect picture of God, look at Jesus. 
Amen? And look into the word of God. That's who we follow. That's what we follow. And so to reclaim the vision, we need to know where to look. Look in the word of God. Look to the word of God. Amen? And I'll tell you what, it'll start transforming your life. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, I-N-G, ongoing of your mind. Don't you know, I've said this several times, you've been to people's house, got that nice Bible on, 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 the, on the coffee table? I mean, it's nice. Got about this much dust on it. Oh, come on, am I preaching to anybody? Have you done that? We used to visit somebody, and I'd go, hey, man, I'm going to mind if I live. Oh, that's, that's the Bible. See, he had a reverence for the Bible, but he never opened the Bible. So we need to open the Bible and be transformed by that. I want to be knee deep in that thing. I want to be looking through it. I don't know about you, but I feel spiritually weak if I'm not feeding on the word of God. How about you guys? And I'm not talking about just a little nugget here. Then I want the buffet from Jesus. Amen. I mean, I want the deal. I want to see what's going on. I want to look at my devotions. I want to see what's going on. I want to sing some praises. And guess what? When I do, when I do kind of skip over a couple little things, just have a little, you know, chicken nugget uh, uh, Bible time, I get hungry. How about y'all? And I start seeing it in the way I respond. I know y'all don't believe this because I know my wife will say that I'm Mr. Wonderful, but sometimes I'm hard to live with. <laughs> yeah, about 24 hours a day probably. Not so much when I'm sleeping. But anyway... I don't know how snore she says. But anyway, sometimes, right? Sometimes we just got to step back. We got to step back, don't we? <laughs> Woo, I'm going to buy lunch today. <laughs> For sure. But we have a good time. We have a good time. So, but what I'm saying with all these things... Looking in the word of God, following the map, following that plan for your life, allowing godly people to speak into your life, always lining it up with the word of God, okay? You have a choice, amen? So here's the question. Have you made that choice? You say, what do you mean have I made that choice? I, I talked to a friend of mine the other day. This is so good. It's amazing when God starts turning that message in my heart during the week. He'll start putting people in my life to talk about this message. And, and by the time I get home, I go, oh, God, you use them too. He use them too. I was coming home yesterday, saw a friend of mine's mother. Hadn't talked to her in a while. Pulled up, didn't even recognize her because I was in Denise's car. She probably thought it was a, a mafia hit coming by there. I said, hey, no, it's me. She needed, she needed gas, so I had the car. There you go. And I started talking to her, and we were talking about the way things change in the world. How many people have seen some things change in the world? If you've been here more than a week on this planet, you've seen things change, right? And so she was talking about when she was a young girl, and she was talking about influence. Isn't that something? I said, well, that's what we're talking about here. She was talking about an influence. And she met this. She was the youngest out of all the kids. I think they had six or eight kids, she was telling me. And she lived up in the mountains. And uh, she was singing in church and doing things like that. Loved the Lord. But she started getting influenced by another little girl that lived by her. And next thing you know, the little girl said, well, why don't we just, why don't we just miss church today? She's like, no, I don't think we'll do that. Well, let's do this over here a little bit. How many know that I say this all the time? Sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. It can come in a drip at a time. And next thing you know, we're soaked in it. Amen? But there's good news. God will dry you off put you back in the family. Amen? And we just got to turn back to him. So she, she continued to hang out with her, her friend. And her dad said, baby, me and you need to talk. And she said, that was code for, I'm not going to talk to you with your mama. That means me and you are going to talk down here. Uh, Y'all ever have one of those conversations? <laughs> Dad just said, no, no, this is for me and you. And he began to talk to his daughter and said, baby, look, you're allowing people to drag you away from what God's plan is for your life. And she said, you know, you know I love you, but this is not what is best for you. 
And that just rolled around in her head because she had that relationship with her father, knowing that the father only wanted the best. How many know your heavenly father only wants the best for you? Amen. So time comes by and she tried to influence the girl to come to church a little bit and different things like that. And about this time, they were going to have a baptism. She said, I got baptism. I got baptized in the creek. You know, she said, so she talked to her friend and her friend said, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And she said, well, 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 do you understand what that is? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she says, no, no, no. Do you understand that if you claim the Lord Jesus Christ, if you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, that you're going to turn from your sin and you're gonna, this is a representation of that. You're saying I'm leaving the world behind and I'm going with Jesus. Now, you'll, we'll all miss the mark, but let me tell you what. We can come back to him. And she told me this. Listen to this. And she says, so that, that Sunday they went down there. And she noticed when she was walking down, there started to be a little bit more gap between her and her friend. And her and her friend. And her and her friend. And when they gave the opportunity for anybody that wanted to come and follow in believer's baptism, she looked at her friend. And her friend looked back and she said, I'm not ready. Now, there's good and bad with that. One, I believe Holy Spirit tugged on her heart and said, Look, this ain't just getting in the water. This is professing and proclaiming that you're going with me. The sad part is we never know when we're going to get that other opportunity. But I'm going to tell you now, if you're listening or if you're here, you got the opportunity right here, right now. There's never better time to call on the name of Jesus than now. Amen? So I want to encourage you with that. You say, buddy, you don't know my past. You don't know mine. Guess what? He still saved me. Amen? And let me tell you this. He is the only one that can restore you, the only one that can set you in the family of God, remove your sin as far as the east is from the west, and set you in the family of God. Now, a lot of times people hear that and they think, you mean everything's going to be perfect then? How many people are going to say yes to that? No. But I tell you what, you'll never go through it alone. Amen? You'll never go through it alone. Now, I'm going to tell you what, God is working all things together for the good, he says in Romans 8, 28, so that he can pull that together because you know what? He wants to reclaim that vision that he has in your heart. I want to go back to where we started. What is that thing that God placed in your heart long ago and you've allowed the setbacks and the speed bumps and everything else to kind of just cover it over and make it a little fuzzy? Today, I pray through the word of God and the time together that we have a choice to go back to God with that and allow God to pull back the veil and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Just like I said, we have to be careful about our circle of impact. Last night I wrote this down, and it, it reads like this. It says, if the crowd you're running with is running away from God, you need to be running away from that crowd. Right. Amen? If I could have got that earlier, and let me tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. Many times I was the leader in the crowd, right? I was just running away. And I, I had that out there. Somebody says, well, that means, you know, that we don't, we don't as Christians, we don't come back and, and try to witness the people. Oh, no, 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 no. But we are to be the influence. Amen? Hey, I'm all about getting out in the highways and the hedges and going into the places to share Jesus. I'll share Jesus anywhere I can. Many of y'all heard this. I've said it many times. If you get on the elevator with me, baby, you're going to hear about Jesus. You ain't got nowhere to go. That's right. And I go sometimes, I say, are we going up or are we going down? Do you know Jesus? You going up or you going down? <laughs> I love it. I got them right there. What are they going to do? You know? 
<laughs> Sometimes we get in there. Hey, hey, I, I learned this old trick from a friend of mine. You know, I used to drive my truck and stuff. He's always playing around. And he'd say, hey, uh, he said, when's the last time you checked the oil in this truck? I said, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. He said, he said, it sounds like it's tapping a little bit. And I'm looking all around. He's got, a, he's got a ring out the side of the door. Where you going? Where you going? I'm going like, he said, rev it up. I go, ring it up. Oh, man. You need to pull this thing over. Get in that elevator and do that. Do you know Jesus? Uh, I don't know. I hope this thing don't come down. Do you know him? I'm just playing. But that'd be good, wouldn't it? And make them think, well, I don't remember this thing acting like this, did you? Oh, my gosh. You know? But see, we think it's always going to be another floor, another day, or we could take the stairs and all that. But let me tell you, sometimes in the midst of those things, you need to check the oil, right? We need to check. Is the Holy Ghost working in us? Are we allowing him to have his way in us, you know? So many times, and, and you know, this doesn't just apply for young folks. You know, I, I heard my dad say stuff like this all the time. What's the old thing? What's the old thing everybody says? Well, if your friends told you to jump off a bridge, would you? You know? I got to tell you this story. I got to tell you this story. It has nothing to do with this, but it'll make you smile. The other day, the other day, <laughs> I know my wife loves me because we had some fun. We went to the bookstore. I pulled her car up to the bookstore, and I backed it in and everything else all the way over here. See, I don't mind walking a little bit because I'm the one that's got to clean the car and buff the dents out, you know, the, the, the little scrapes out. She said, you parked all the way over there. I said, well, it's okay. You can walk with me longer. We go up there, come on back out, and I'm always watching stuff. So we're coming around the building, and I said, baby, don't walk so close to the building. Somebody liable to grab you and take you out of here. She says, oh, so you're more worried about somebody, you know, you park over there because you'd rather have somebody uh, grab me than put a dent in the car. <laughs> so you know what I said? I said, how big a dent are we talking? <laughs> I got it that time. She said, get in the car. <laughs> I said, but, well, how big a dent? Because I know what it takes to get out there and try to fix that thing. But see, a lot of times... We always want to take the shortcut, and we're not looking what's coming around the corner. But I'm going to tell you, you get some scratches and bumps and bruises a few times, you'll start looking where you're walking, amen? And you'll start looking where you're parking, and you start looking at the crowd you're running with, amen? And I pray this, hey, I want to impact lives. I don't care if they know Jesus, don't know Jesus, whatever they Anybody that wants to hear about Jesus, I will be glad to share about it. And y'all know me, some people that don't want to hear about Jesus, I still share with them, Amen? Because I think we're all like that sometimes. We think, well, I got it under control. I'm doing good. I talked to a guy that was very wealthy, doing real good. A friend of mine, he was in the medical profession, and he was telling me about how all things are good and everything like that. And I said, good. I said, you a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you see people die? Well, yeah. Do you know where they're going? If that's you, do you know where you're going? See, we had to get, I had to break it down past the, the cars in the building, in the boat, to get down to what everybody's going to deal with, that heart right there, that heart's beating. That is the drum to your funeral march. And one day she's going to go, and guess what? For those that have a relationship with the Lord, that have called upon the name of Jesus, man, we're going to be absent of the body, present with the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what right now, do not, do not be sad when it's my time to go, right? I'm going to put the fun in funeral, man. Let's do it. He's like, I know he knows the Lord. He's out of here. Woo, one more time. That's it. Let's keep on rolling. You know, hey, I, I, I understand when that happens. You know, I'm not, I'm not negating our hearts. But I'm telling you what, I want to open up and talk about when we know that our loved one knows the Lord. 
And that's why we push so hard while we're here because we want everybody to know. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I want everybody to know about Jesus. How about you? And every day we have an opportunity. But you know what? Ultimately, it's their choice. But you know what? We can serve it up for them, right? So be encouraged with that today. So watch the crowd you're with and run with the Lord. How about this? How about this? Sometimes we need to evaluate your investment. I talked about it the other day. Your spiritual portfolio. All right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Think about this. I, I said, you know, are the circles that you're running in, are they giving you godly input? Do they help draw you closer to the vision of the Lord and God's place on it or not? And, and here's the thing as we go through. Anybody got a 401k or IRA or anything like that, a little investment, CDs or something like that? You know, we got a few things. Like, do you check it every now and then to make sure things are moving along, right? How much more should we check our walk as we're going and evaluate what's going on in our life? This ain't about money. This is about spiritual things right here I'm talking about. Think about it. Evaluate your investment. How much time are you investing in the Word of God? How much time are you invested in praying for others? How much time are you invested in Bible study and reading the Word? How much time are you investing in, in, in turning around and, and witnessing to people? There was a guy by the name of Bill Bright. He's since gone home with the, the, the Lord. And he was in a, a lot of these college ministries. And I read a book on him one time. And one of the questions he would ask night after night, place after place, all over the place he would go. He said, how many people in the last, I think it was the last year maybe, but I want to ask you, how many people in the last month have witnessed about Jesus Christ? And he's found this out. Over and over, place to place, time and time, year and year, he said about 2% of the people that he'd speak to. And he was speaking to big crowds, right? Only about 2% were sharing their faith. Let's turn that on its head. Let's give it 100%, right? Now you say, well, buddy, I'm not a preacher. Okay, that's all right. I didn't used to be either. But I can still talk about Jesus, right? And let me tell you, it's not just the pastor's situation to do it. It's not just his calling. Of course it is. But it's every blood-bought believer to witness about Jesus. Amen? It might look different. It might be praying for somebody. It might be sending them a card. It might be listening. It might be sending some flowers. I don't know how God's called you to do it. But always be willing, always be willing to give account of what you believe. You know, I talk to a lot of people throughout the week and throughout the time in the last 20 years. And a lot of times I talk to folks that are, are totally against what I'm talking about. So what do I do? Get a bigger Bible and slap them with it? No. Right? No. I say, well, why do you believe what you believe? Don't want an argument. Don't want to talk about dinosaurs. Don't want to talk about all these different things. Why do you believe? And you know what I find a lot of times? Well, I just believe it because that's what I believe. I said, well, Hitler believed what he believed. Was that a good thing? He said, well, why do you believe what you believe? I said, because I got God's word on it. See what happened? We're coming from a foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're coming from the word of God. And we're saying, I'm building upon that. So I know my investment is going to pay eternal dividends. Amen. It's going to pay eternal dividends. Not only for me, but for those that I have the privilege of being that conduit to share Jesus with them. That's what I want folks to see. We need to reclaim that vision and watch what we're doing here because you know what? God has greatness for us. Let's keep on rolling. So we need to grasp the greatness. How many people are ready to grasp the greatness? One of you. Okay, we got room for more, right? Take a look at this. 
This is from a guy I enjoy following along. He's since gone home with the Lord. He talked a lot on leadership, a great man of God. And his name's Dr. Miles Monroe. And he says, I think the, that one of the greatest gifts God ever gave man is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Woo, that's deep right there. Think about that. He says, sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is the function of a heart. We always know it's about a heart condition, right? And he goes, he says, when a person doesn't have a vision, they live by their eyes. They live by what they see. That's the one reason why people are so depressed. And that's why the future never becomes reality. Vision is a source of hope. It's the source of courage. It's the source of perseverance in the midst of difficulty. It's chasing after God. It's standing on the word of God. Amen. There's a lot of things in your life that's come through that you never saw coming, isn't it? Isn't it funny that later on when you're on the other side, on your, when, you're, when, you're, when you're on the other side of that problem, you say, well, I can look back and see where God was at work. But in the midst of that storm, you say, my goodness, I feel so alone. Well, I'm going to tell you what, God never left, has he? Everybody else will leave you at times, but God will never leave you. That's the good news. So think about that. It's not always what it seems like. I can tell you that. That's what I tell people after being in the ministry for 20 years and growing up in Buckrow, okay? I'm going to tell you this. These two things collide right here. Things are not always the way they appear. Ain't that something? They're not always the way they appear. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little a story about this. I might have shared it, but for those folks that hadn't heard it, I think it would be a blessing to you. As a church I went to when I first got saved, over in Fox Hill. And they had a guy there, and uh, he was preaching. He says, well, I want to talk a little bit today about sin. I want to talk a little bit about this and being ready to meet the Lord and people are watching your lives and your activities and everything else. And right now, he pointed to this one guy, and his name was Don. He said, and like Brother Don there. I was like, "Woo! this is getting real up in here. Don was sitting there like this. Don, like me, always chew gum. He said, the other day I went down the road, one of these bars, I saw Brother Don out front. I said, oh, this is not getting good. His wife was looking like this. I said, saw Brother Don out there, young lady, outside that club. All laid over, everything else. Oh, oh man, just Donna's doing this. That's what they were doing. They were going, oh, Lord, it's getting tough in here. What in the world? I'm going, man, he is calling him out, man. This is not good. This, I don't want to be a part of this. He said, yeah, he was right out there. Didn't even bug him that there was a crowd around. Had that young lady out there like that. Got the face like that, too. Like that. <laughs> Things are not always the appearance. He said, but what I forgot to tell you, praise God, that he's a firefighter and he saved a woman's life. Woo! Now everybody's like, oh, I always like that guy. Man, I'm going to tell you what. They were sitting there. Don was sitting there. Everybody's like that. The pew was getting lonely, baby. It was over here. Don was like, even his wife was gone. I'm thinking, I'm sure I hope you cleared that with him before you started that. <laughs> and the reason I say that, we get pieces of the puzzle and we say, well, that must be the way it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. You ever talk to somebody, but, 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 and they go, mm-hmm. It's not always the way it seems. I'll tell you this. Most of the time it is, right? But not always. And that's the thing, that we need to trust God in those situations. Don't jump on the bandwagon. You know, a lot of times, y'all see this. I'll text something, and I go, uh-oh, that is not what I said. Love me through it. All right, give me the benefit of that. Let me fix it. I got fat thumbs. 
and a Kikatan high school diploma. I need grace. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. So sometimes things don't always come out right. But think about it. Look at my heart and say, well, you know, that don't sound like something he'd say or do or whatever like that. You know? Give me the benefit of the doubt. That's what I'm saying. How often do we give folks the benefit of the doubt? What about the vision? Vision is that source of hope, I said. It's the courage and perseverance in the midst of difficulties. Look at this. God's vision will always be God-sized. Amen? Let me tell you, I got to share a little bit today, and many of y'all know it. Who would have thought from a man's deathbed, speaking into my life, that I get to speak into other lives to see how God's transforming y'all's life, and you guys are transforming more life, right? And turning things around and seeing all those things happen. I had a few things that I wanted to share here. I said, look at this. I said, God's vision for us is always to bring others closer to the Savior, Savior Jesus Christ, and glorify our Heavenly Father. I said, let us encourage one another. And as we're faithful to our calling, God will move mightily to reveal his master plan. Notice I say, notice I didn't say he always moves quick. Amen. Sometimes God is working in us to buff out those few things, those scuffs and and dents and things like that, to get us in the right relationship and the right proximity so that we can receive that blessing. Amen. Amen. If you're sitting here today and you feel a little uncomfortable, that's a good thing. That's God. That ain't me. That's God work. That's the Holy Spirit going, oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. I'm just telling you what God showed me this week. And I can tell you what, you can insert yourself in that story anywhere you want because there's something for everybody. But how many people want to do great things for God? I think we all desire to. Guess what? That means picking his will over our will. How many people still want to do the great things for God? <laughs> That's good. Sometimes I lose a few hands there, right? <laughs> but you know what? It's a decision at a time. And you know what? We got to prayerfully look at those things. But I'm going to tell you what. Notice I say he's not always quick about it, but he is always purposeful, purposeful about it. God has a purpose in working those things together. Amen. Think about that. You're not here today by accident. You're here because God's got something for him, for you that he wants to get to you. He wants to restore relationships. He wants to restore his relationship with you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to fill you up so much when you go out here. Like I say often, when the service starts when we leave here. How will you share at least one thing from here today? Are you going to be in the 2% or the 98% that don't share? Man, today, Lord, help us to be in the percentage that turns around and grasps the greatness of God, not only for tomorrow, but for today. Because I'm going to tell you what, there's plenty to go around. Let's keep on going. Now, I want to get into a little something here. There is great power in a seed. Think about that. Studying this last night, I thought it was really cool. Take the redwood tree, all right? I looked this up. So it's got to be true. It's on Google, right? I looked it up on a couple things. It said, the redwood tree is the tallest tree in the world. How big do you think you can get? They say 300 to 380 foot tall. That's a pretty big tree. Man, I'm going to tell you what. That's up there. They grow on average to between 3 and 10 foot a year. Now I want to ask you a question. How big do you think the seed is? It's small. I really did some homework for you all last night. It's about an eighth of an inch. That right there is an eighth of an inch. Eighth of an inch, that seed is that size as a pin point there. And it can go 300 to 380 feet drawing itself to the sun. Isn't that amazing? But it doesn't do it overnight, does it? You say, where in the world are you getting with this? 
I said, man, as we go through this, who in this room would have thought that a small little fishing town with a one-room church could impact lives all around the world, all the way over to the Philippines to build two churches and see people's lives getting transformed? Come on now. Y'all got to get excited about something now. That's something to get excited about. I'm saying, who would have ever thought from a one-room church house in a little fishing town on the other side of the world that they spell the thing totally different than what you pronounce it? How would y'all spell Pocosin? That's why Joe College, he's going to college. He's got it, baby. He's got it. That's it. That's how it was. Somebody from Buckrow come and messed it up, spelled it with a Q. That's what happened. I don't know. And you can, hey, and just on a side note, when they called to try to sell you something, yeah, so you're from, I said, I don't, I don't think I know you. <laughs> if they can't say it, I don't need to send you no money for it, right? But what I'm saying is those small beginnings, man, in the hand of God are so much more. And, and, and through that, and I, I won't re-preach one of the old sermons here, but I want to tell you, you know, Angela, when she was a young girl and she was over in the Philippines, her prayer was, Lord, one day, let me impact lives over here. How many years ago was that? Well, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I said that, I said, the Lord said, that was not, that was not wise. <laughs> so a couple years. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah. So it was some time ago, right? All those different churches she'd been in. All the different things she did. And I'm not lifting us. I'm, t- I'm talking about how God was pulling it together. And introducing the right people at the right times with the right resources for the right thing for a time such as this. And many of the people that's never even walked in this room. Give and donate and do. And I thank you guys for your partnership. We couldn't do what we do without them. It's amazing. It's how God moves on the heart of his children for the God-sized project. See, the power's in that seed, man. Let me tell you, look at that. What, what, how are you watering that thing? Think about that. How are you planting that seed of the gospel in people's lives? How is the seed of the gospel growing in and out of your life? Are you growing three foot each year? I don't know. But you know what? There's a lot of things we can do. You can water it with Bible study on Tuesday nights. You, you can water it as you, as you can spend time and, and pray daily for your church family and others. And we can come along and pray for you. There's ways that God will continue to work all that together for the good because he's a good God and his power is in the seed of the gospel message. Amen. Somebody say amen. Let's keep on rolling. So let's get personal about it a little bit. What about your life? When I talk about everybody else, let's go ahead and bring it home, right? Have you grasped the greatness of the seed that the Lord has deposited in you? Do you realize that power, the potential that is placed in each believer in Christ? You have a mission. You have a call. Your life is a gift. How will you use your gift to glorify God? Man, come on. Maybe it's through your business. Maybe it's through your prayers. Maybe it's through your encouragement, right? Think about that. What is it? Is it a book you're going to write? Is it somebody you're going to help? Are you going to pray for somebody? Are you going to stop on the side of the road, maybe help somebody? Please be safe. Allow the Lord to, to, to tell you when and where and how. But, but think about that. I want you to hear today about the power of the seed of Jesus Christ in your life. Life changer. Life changer. If you grasp this greatness right here, let me tell you, it will transform everything in your life. It will transform your marriage. It will transform your way you raise your kids, the way you spend your money, the way you save your money, the way you serve, the way you wake up in the morning. 
The guys at my work sometimes, they don't like that I'm so happy at 6.30. They're going, turn him off. And I don't even drink coffee. But I'm going to tell you on the way to work, man, I'm praying. I'm saying what's going on. I said, Lord, guess what? You woke me up today. Woo, come on now. I'm ready. I get over there, and I pet my little three-legged dog. She rolls over like that. Sasha right there. Jack jumps up there. I'm trying to brush my teeth. I'm brushing my teeth. He's licking the water. Move over and brush my teeth. He's licking the water. We got a workout at my house if we get going. And thank the Lord that Denise lays most everything out because I, if it's not in the path of the door, I don't get it. I mean, I, I need all the help I can get. How many people need help in the morning? Let me tell you, I believe we all need help every morning. Amen? Let me tell you what. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Set that stage. Man, get that quiet. Find your bench. Find your place. Because I'm going to tell you what. What you take in the first 20 or 30 minutes of your, of your morning sets the stage how you view things the rest of the day. Amen? Have you ever seen that? Somebody coming to work, man, face all screwed up, look like they had pickle juice for breakfast. Everything else. How you doing? Man, I am not kidding, man. How can things get that bad? It, it takes you 20 minutes to get to work. What happened? Man. Mommy, that buzzer. We went to hear a guy. We went to see a guy preach one time, and I'll never forget this message. He talked about the buzzard. He said, look at the countenance of the buzzard. Buzz like that. He said, looking around there, I hope that thing don't get stuck. You got a picture of that. <laughs> and then you got the hummingbird. He said, you know the difference? He says, the hummingbird feeds on what's alive, right? The presence. He said, but the buzzard feeds on what's dead. The buzzard feeds on the past. How many people here today, if you're honest, find out you're feeding on the past? So you drag that into your day, boy, I'm going to tell you what, it starts to stink, don't it? But see, that, that, that hummingbird's got to get, he's got to get nutrients it, there's some astronomical number. I mean, as a matter of fact, I learned it off of one of uh, Angela's sermon. They've got to eat all the time. I mean, they've got to keep going. If they're not feeding on that, they're going down, right? What would happen if we lived our life like that? I've got to have the Word of God. Not the Twinkie. Not the Tasty Cake. The Word of God. Feeding on that because my spirit's feeling a little going down. Over and over and over. The next time you go down the road and you see a buzzard out there, he said, that's not me. That's not me. I'm going to feed on what is. I'm going to feed on what God has for us today. I'm not going to plow backwards. Right? I talked to a guy the other day. I got to use one of my analogies in real life. I talked to a guy. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you two of them. I talked to uh, two visits and two things. Y'all ready? I'm going to give it to you. All right. I need a volunteer. Come on, Nick, since you volunteered. All right. I'm going to get you to stand right here. Look at that. Look at this strong, strapping young man. Wave to him out there, Nick. There you go. I went by one of my buddies the other day, and he was talking about it. I said, man, what's going on? He said, man, I just feel so guilty about this and that and all that and everything else. I said, well, you know, God's in the forgiving business. He said, yeah, I know, but. You ever get it? Yeah, I know, but. I said, yeah, so Lord, forgive you about that? Yeah. I said, well, let's try to make better decisions and don't think else. I said, the same thing happens to me. And so I stood there for a few more minutes. He goes, yeah, but I tell you, I just can't forgive myself. I just can't forgive myself. I said, hey, uh. Can you do me a favor? He goes, yeah, man, what? I said, here you go. Hold, hold them keys. I gave him the keys. And then I said, can I have my keys back? No, please let me have my keys back. No, I'm so sorry. Can I have my keys back? And you're trying to get me the keys, but I never took them. See, that's the blessing. God says, here you go. You're forgiven. And you ask over and over and over, but you don't receive it. See, our receiver gets messed up, man. You're doing good. I appreciate that. I'll let you drive later. All right. <laughs> 
But see, so that's what's going on. And he said, and see, my buddy's a mechanic. He got that. He goes, you know, I think that's what I'm doing. I said, you keep asking for forgiveness. And the Lord said, I've already forgive you. Just like I'm asking for the keys and you try to give them to me. No, no, please give them to me. No keys. It makes more sense when you can see it sometimes, right? Went and visited with another fella. Had a lot on his mind. We were looking around, and I like cars, man. I like cars and this and that. And we were looking at his car. He got this car customized, and it looks good, man. And he was telling me he had a lot of things in his life and everything else going on. And, and again, dealing with struggling with forgiveness and guilt and everything else. And he said, right in the middle of the conversation, as he told me about five times, and that's okay. I said, man, will you look at the size of that, that windshield on that car? I said, that's nice. Look at that. I said, they did a good job on it. Didn't he? he said, yeah, that's a pretty good size windshield. I said, you see how big that windshield is? He said, yeah, that's pretty big. I said, do you see how small the rear view mirror is? He said, yeah. I said, brother, you need to be looking out the front window and stop looking in the rear view mirror. Come on now. I said, I said, you need to be watching where you're going instead of plowing backwards. I said, you spend all your time looking in that rear view mirror bubble, you're going to be in, in the weeds. There's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the mirror, the rearview mirror. It's okay to glance and remember where God took you from. It's all right to look back and say, well, you know what? I need to make a course correction. But I'm going to tell you what. Look straight ahead. And let me tell you what. You need to be looking straight ahead to what God wants to do in your life. Grasp the greatness. Everybody doing good so far? All right. The power's in the seed, and the seed is Jesus. Let's keep on rolling. So now, let's talk about this. I'm bringing it on home now. Proclaim the promises to God. Look at these here. These are just the tip of the iceberg. These are just rolling out Yes, last night. Isaiah 41, 13. Let me click this thing here. Take a look at this. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. We need not worry as a child of God. I'm not saying there's not going to be bad times and things like that, but as we get the promises in our heart, it'll help us overcome. As we continue to speak the word of God, let me tell you, it will start changing the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you believe, the way you deal with everything, because this is the promises that we build our foundation on. Amen. How about this right here? James 1, 5. Anybody need wisdom? Uh, this, is, this is for us then. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. When you go into a business deal, you ask the Lord, Lord, I need some wisdom in this. When, you, when you're going to Speak when your wife says something. This is a good one. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Amen. <laughs> I am in deep today, baby. Let me tell you. But I'm going to tell you what. God says he's not holding any good thing back. He wants to give us wisdom. Right? That doesn't mean you've got to be a know-it-all, but you know the one that knows it all. There's a big difference. We can open that book. We can call on the name of Jesus anytime. We can ask the Lord, Lord, I need some help in this situation. How about this? How about this one? I'm going to free y'all up. You guys are going to be losing weight when you leave here, taking the bricks of guilt off, man. You're going to be floating out of here. You ready? First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you want to underline something in your Bible, that's a good one to do. Matter of fact, write that on your heart. If we confess our sins, guess what? Then he takes it. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from how much? What's that word right there? Can y'all see that? I know it's a little small. What does he say right there? All. All. Man, you do not come up short with the Lord. He didn't leave nothing undone. He doesn't waste anything. He works it all together for the good. Let's bring it on home. How about this one? I bet you might have heard this once or twice. It never gets old, does it? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only 
Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you grabbed a hold of that today? Are you standing on that promise today? Because I'm going to tell you what, that is the foundation that everything's built on right there, my friend. And look at this. He even thought about me and you. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Woo! That fits me. I can be a whosoever. I was a what you call it, this and that, everything else. My favorite term that my dad would call me, I know it was a term of endearment. I shouldn't tell you, but I'm going to tell you. Nod head. He said, get over here, nod head. What are you doing? What is a nod head? I'm sure it's encouraging, right? But, he, uh, but I always answer. Right? <laughs> but then he would say, man, you're better than that decision, son. What are you doing? He always tempered that. He said, look, 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 we, look. Choose better. Choose better. I'm so grateful to have friends and family that continue to speak into my life and say, you can do it. Many folks sitting here and many folks listening have never had that. But you can have it today. You can have it with the one who holds it all together. His name's Christ. And he's the one that has the final authority. He's the one that removes the sin. He's the one that sets you into family. He's the one that laid down his life and rose it up on the third day so that when we believe in that, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And guess what? He gives you wisdom. And he tells us that we don't have to fear. See, if you started your day with just these one, two, three, four, five little points here, and, and by the way, he's got a whole love letter, whole book of those for you. How would that change the way you started your day? Think about that. If we just turn around and say, well, I don't need a word today because I'm a child of God. Woo, I'm good. How about that? Man, I'm not going to lack any wisdom today because you know what? I'm a child of God, and he's going to give it to me as I ask. Isn't that something? Man, you know what? If I, if I do, Mr. Mark, all I got to do is confess to, to the Lord and ask the Lord to help me and help me to walk in this, and he's going to purify me from all unrighteousness. And you know what? That God loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son for me. So you got to make it personal, right? And he turned down here and said, matter of fact, not only for me, For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. Let me tell you what. If your dreams were faded when you walked in here today, I pray that the Lord peels back that that dust, that layer of of whatever's grown over those weeds, and you grab a hold today and allow God to show you the vision that he has for you. Look at this here. A few things the Lord was showing me last night. I wrote this down last night. The only reason your dream should fade is because the reality of the vision God has placed in you is much brighter. Let it shine. All right? I'm not talking about your dream that you came up with. I'm talking about the dream that God has placed in your heart after you sought after the Lord, the vision of the Lord that he's given you. You know what? Let me tell you, I'll give you a little snippet of what God spoke in my heart. Show them, teach them, tell them. That's my little thing to shine. I want to show you how great God is. I want to teach you about how great God is. And I want to tell you about how great God is. I want to shine. And everybody has an opportunity to do that. Everybody has to do that. So let me ask you this. Are you going to reclaim your dream? Are you going to reclaim that vision that God's placed in your heart today? Don't come in here and just listen and just go, well, yeah, that's it, buddy. Okay, that's all right. And just go back in there and go go to the buffet and forget about it. What are you going to do? Are you going to do something with this message today? 
Are you going to turn around and apply this, man? Will we let God clearly define the call on our life? Man, grasp the greatness of the seed that God placed in your life. Grasp the greatness that God has put in your life. Water it regularly. Proclaim the promises of your Heavenly Father. God's vision is greater than you ever imagined, and He is faithful to see it through. Now, you get that down in your spirit and see what happens. Let me tell you that. That's why when I get up sometimes and I, I, I send a note to Tanya, Tim, or somebody like that, I get here, I'm ready. Woo! A matter of fact, my ministry partner told me today, she said, you must have slept good, didn't you? I said, I'm excited about today. I get excited about that. Because you know what? This is an opportunity that we have to proclaim the name of Jesus and see people pass from death to life. This is a day that we can come in here today, and not just today, but it says we gather together, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, right? And we can turn around. We get to praise the Lord together. We got a place. We got AC, amen. We're talking to people all over the world right now. Come on, man. That's God's size. That's God's seed planted in a heart of somebody years ago. And it just kept on watering. And God kept on watering. And pulling the right people together. Fixing websites and setting things up and rewiring things and, and, and doing this and, and, and printing things. And so many things behind the scene that people don't even realize. When you do what I like to call pop-up church... All this stuff just don't pop up. You got to pull it out and crank it up. And that ain't no complaint. That's a blessing because you know what? As we do that together, we get to serve together. We get to see how good God is. And we have an awesome, awesome God. Amen? And I want you to hear that today. So think about this. I'm going to leave you with this note. What is it that has faded in your life? Is it your commitment to Christ? Is it your commitment? To your spouse? Is it your commitment to your children? Is it your commitment to study the word? Is it your commitment to give? I don't know. Let God take care of that. I'm just throwing it out there. And you attach to that what God is bringing on. So here's again. What about this? What is it that God's called you to do? Are you going to write that book? You're going to start that nonprofit? You're going to go back to work and help somebody? You're going to change that? You're going to call somebody today and say, you know what, I, I, I forgive you? Or are you going to go look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, you know what, I forgive me? Lord, thank you. Whatever it is, do it today. Do it today. God's vision is greater. Let us pray. Father God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live in a land of faded dreams, but we can live in a vibrant God-filled atmosphere because of the presence of God is in each and every believer. You dwell in us, Lord. You say you give us your spirit as a deposit. You seal us to the day that you come back and get us, Lord. And I'm so grateful for that. But there's so many here today that may listen to this message, whether today or next week or later on, that, that don't have that. It's the peace that passes all understanding. Friends, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every day is just perfect. Every day I never have a problem, but I'm going to tell you, like I said earlier, every day I have the opportunity to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And it's my choice whether I pick it up again. And I pray today that you lay that burden down and you receive that forgiveness and you receive that grace and you receive that love that God has for you. Think about those few things, those promises. There's many, many, many more. But don't forget this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we can know that God is for us. 
I know that there are people watching and folks here today that their hearts are heavy. Lord, I ask you to fill their hearts with joy. Lord, I ask you to, to remind them of the promises of God and that they're never alone. Lord, I ask you to, to, to help us to be a church that loves lavishly. Lord, that proclaims the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, putting our faith and trust in that finished work of the cross. If that's you today, you say, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He said, saved from what? We're all in a sin nature. We were born into it. And the only way out is through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So friends, be encouraged today that there's a name above every name. And that name is Jesus. And that name right there will take you from death to life. You take off the perishable, put on the unperishable. You step in to the greatest gift ever given, eternal life with Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. Friends, if you're listening here, you got any questions, please contact us. I pray today that you take what was given here today through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray today that those dreams that were faded out are vibrant now because you are just, trust, trust, let's try it again. You are fully committed to what God's given you. We love you. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Amen.